Hi, the following is a conversation with Dr. Kevin Preston. He owns a wellness clinic here in Vernon, BC, um, where he practices progressive Chinese medicine, as well as a few other things, uh, such as acupuncture, body talk, massage, uh, the biocharger that we talk about in this episode as well. Um, and then he uh, organizes and leads as well healing retreats. So we talk about his process, um, his whole philosophy about, you know, why he's he doing it and, and, and the philosophy about um, healing, generally speaking. We talk about his path choosing, uh, how did he get into Chinese medicine, and a few other things as always. This is the curious art of being human. My name is Robin. If you like this content, this podcast, this channel, please consider subscribing. If really you're very generous, uh, give us a blue thumb as well. It's always nice. Um, and then send this to uh, you know whoever you think uh, might like it or benefit from this in any way. Always open to getting in contact with people that want to participate into this podcast. So please uh, feel free to reach out. And I think that's pretty much it. And now, my friends, Dr. Kevin Preston. There's something with you that I found, which is when you talk, when you, you present things, uh, there's a lot, I can sense a lot of inner peace mm. uh, in everything that you, you do. Um, so I wanted to ask about that. And I know that this takes, you know, some kind of a personal journey, some kind of uh, work that you have to cultivate and to, to get to that level. And uh, I wanted to start with how did you get to that point, um, if that makes sense? Yeah. Is it something that you cultivate? Do you have things that you do still today? Did you have any point where you reached that? Or is it something that um, you've always had, maybe? Definitely uh, kind of, not always had, <laughs> for yeah. sure. I think that in the beginning there was chasing that mm -hmm. and having that as an idea of satisfaction or yeah, inner peace in some way where you just feel so grounded and clear and balanced all the time. And then that often wasn't the case at all. Mm -hmm. And for many people I've met, including myself, you know, you might present a certain way, but inside you could have like so many things going on, mm -hmm. so many things going on in your mind and I felt like within myself, there was quite a gap there. And it didn't mean I couldn't, you know, execute on things that I was working on or be driven or had goals. But there was like the chasing and searching and seeking. And I really felt that for a long time of quest for knowledge, wanting to understand mm -hmm. things and reading hundreds of books and listening to, you know, hundreds of podcasts. And mm -hmm. I, I learned a lot by doing that. Like yeah. it did help. But I also felt that it didn't land deeper if I didn't use the material in my life and it would just stay mentalized. And so it wasn't until I started, uh, until I started taking action in different things where, you know, different fears or insecurities that were underneath all the time and always in the mind that they actually started getting addressed. Like you sort of have to take action mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, a fan of Tony Robbins. And I remember him saying years ago, doing some of his material that like, Action is the greatest antidote to fear. Mm -hmm. And so much of the time I wouldn't take action because I was too paralyzed by fear. And so it wasn't until I started actually doing things and addressing things and making decisions, even little ones at first, mm -hmm. and even knowing there was like other big decisions I wanted to make, but I was too afraid to make them. So I'd 
kind of pick all the low hanging fruit first and then you do build some confidence or even, you know, add some accumulated knowledge in your system that, oh, you have a bit of a foundation and then you can start reaching higher and suddenly you're taking bigger actions and you're making bigger decisions. And all the while, there's still fear there, but you can you can be okay with it. It's like you can be in the same room with it. And instead of avoiding it completely, you can acknowledge it and then decide, okay, I'm not going to allow that to run my life anymore. And so for many years, fear ran my life. Mm-hmm. It still does at times, but it doesn't have the front seat anymore. And that has brought me an immense amount of inner peace and freedom. And it's a, it's a fluid state. It's not static. Once you mm-hmm. achieve it, <laughs> then there's no more work to be done. Yeah. So I have had days where I'm anything but feeling peaceful, mm-hmm. but way more time feeling that that deeper flow of life, sort of that slipstream of energy that's around us all the time. And it's maybe not even that far away. It's right beside us, but if we're not looking over there, we won't see it. So I, I spent a lot more time slowing down mm-hmm. and then cultivating more of how I want to feel more intentionally. Being in nature is mm-hmm. a, a huge part of that. So yeah, constant work in progress. Yeah. You 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 talked about fear. Um is it something do, do you have any um tools that you you use? Uh, whenever you're you're facing a lot of fear that is preventing you from from taking um, these actions, do you, do you have what is your relationship with 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 fear today, and and how did it progress through mm-hmm. these moments where because you, you, you said you used to have um, a lot of uh, block, yeah, with with with, uh, with fear. I guess it was yeah. on several levels. There'd yeah. be doing mental work mm-hmm. of just addressing, you know, a particular scenario or a situation and looking at it from the mind and using the intellect of what might be a pathway here. I don't like mm-hmm. what's going on or I'm dissatisfied with what's going on. So something has to shift. What is it? Mm-hmm. And I would usually look at the outside world and think that person needs to shift or <laughs> this scenario needs to shift And that would be maybe more the the victim kind of consciousness is mm. why is this happening to me and this isn't fair and this this isn't my fault and and not wanting to take responsibility. But I would love taking responsibility for all the good things that were happening of mm. like, yeah, I manifested <laughs> that. Look how awesome that is. <laughs> this other shit over here, I didn't have anything mm. to do with creating that. And then I think that was one of the biggest realizations years ago was what if I actually did create that, but I didn't know why, you know, and I I did it unconsciously. So really one of the early tools was diving into the unconscious and slowing down enough and, you know, doing counseling, doing therapy, um, talking things out a little bit, but then also getting deeper into the system or maybe doing some of the, uh, you call it shadow work, inner child Mm -hmm. work, really just working on the nervous system and looking at the results I was creating in my life, especially if they weren't the results I wanted, even though I was putting in time, effort, trying my best, but the outcomes weren't showing up in the way that I, I wanted. And instead, maybe a different outcome then would teach me something. And when I would actually just pull back and start looking at it, then I realized, oh, you know what, I did create this. And here's why I created it. And as soon as I started getting to some of that deeper material of, of why and what was driving the subconscious, you know, need for approval or actively 
avoiding um, disappointing anybody all the time forever. And that was just a recipe for consistent failure because what are the chances you're going to please or make somebody else happy in every single scenario, whether, mm -hmm. you know, for me, whether it's like patients, coworkers, um, employees, family relationships, at least someone somewhere is probably not happy with what <laughs> yeah. you're doing. And yeah. when I started looking at that, it's almost like, um, I gave up in a way, but in, in like a healthy way is like, I can't keep functioning, trying to please everybody. And I wanted to, and then diving into that is like, well, why would I have that mindset to begin with? Why do mm -hmm. I feel like it's my role or my responsibility to make everybody else happy? Cause I would leave myself out of it. So those first kind of early steps years ago, including myself in the conversation of what was going on is, does this feel good for me? Or does this feel healthy for me? And that was actually a foreign concept. And, you know, I'm sure that's true for many people that really good at looking after others, really good at looking after, you know, their needs or their emotions and things like that. But when we turn it inside, oh, you know, backing up mm -hmm. from that, you know, and, and so just looking in the mirror quite a bit is if I'm experiencing something that's, you know, painful or challenging, I must have brought this to myself somehow, mm -hmm. even though I didn't do it consciously. And then I would look into that in a deeper way, uh, breath work. And like I said, counseling therapy, um, talking with really, you know, close friends that could maybe give me some insight of, yeah, Kev, you're sort of doing this pattern. And I do see that, you know, where you're asked mm -hmm. for a beautiful reflection and not everybody can do that because they got their own agendas and you gotta, mm -hmm. you know, filter out projection and things like that. We're all mm -hmm. human, mm -hmm. but yeah, you suddenly start seeing your environment as a, a bit of a mental gym or an opportunity to start developing muscles where you haven't developed them yet and giving yourself grace for that. Mm -hmm. well, yeah, no, that was beautifully said. What, what, um, what drove, because I feel like there, there's you know different category of people and it's not everybody who even want to get into, let's say like a, a self-development uh, mm -hmm. journey. Um, what do you think, what do you think drove the, the interest to, uh, because for some people like introspection will never be on the table for, for anything. Why do you think there's some people that will dive into this and some other won't? Um, and you know, where, where's the, the thing that like maybe for in your, your story or, or mine or in anybody that like tells us or pushes us to want to even do this because it is very uncomfortable. And, <laughs> and, it uh, definitely can be uncomfortable. and Because um, you can go through an entire life without doing any of that stuff. You can. You can try. Yeah. Probably, honestly, in the beginning from a feeling of inadequacy. Mm like low self-worth mm. where you, you almost just get tired of feeling that way that you start reaching out for, I need to learn more. I need to gain more knowledge. Maybe that'll help me feel better. And it does in different ways. You, you know, you take some, you know, a bunch of books in, or you read 50 or hundred books or 200 books. You do have more knowledge than what you had before. Likely knowledge though, isn't everything. And so once I went through a lot of the knowledge phase, like I would take so many courses, I would do seminars, I would just, you know, do everything I could get my hands on. And I don't think I realized consciously why I was doing it then. I realize mm -hmm. it now. 
I just, yeah, I wasn't confident in myself. Mm -hmm. I had, you know, maybe low self-worth or low self-esteem or that feeling of inadequacy. I don't think I was even aware of it. I just thought, oh, of course I want to sign up for this thing because I'm going to learn something that I can apply back to the clinic. So there was good reasons too. I wanted to get results in the, in the patient population I was working with. And I do think there's a, a big learning curve sometimes when you start working with people and they have all kinds of health issues and you don't understand maybe what's going on for them. And I, I always have had this insatiable um, thirst for understanding how things work, you know, especially mm -hmm. in the body, especially in the mind and the psyche and how those things interact. And then I think there's maybe a few levels. So the, the early level, like I said, inadequacy, have a drive to kind of fill a void inside. And then the upper level needs of how can I serve my patients better? How can I get better results? Maybe there's something I'm missing, so I'll take a new course. And then I'd bring that material back, and I would get better results. So it kind of fed that drive of, oh, this is kind of working. Hmm. Maybe maybe there's a whole bunch of other things I can learn that I have no idea about. And I'd go out into the world and then keep bringing that back. And over time of building those layers inside, I started to see how I could like more effectively apply mm. the knowledge that I'd had, but put it into action and put it into being of service. And so I think I got enough like inspiration and I could see the results coming that it would continually feed the, the drive to let's do the another layer and maybe there's another step we can go here and just consistently really staying with it and, and building. And the, the funny thing that happens when you do that, you start learning more about yourself and you start seeing, you know, maybe these patterns that are coming up and different behaviors or, or challenges or sticky places in your life. And then once your mind is already open to it, you start imagining, I wonder why that keeps happening. <laughs> why is this pattern showing up again? Why is this consistently coming to me? There must be something there. So then instead of just like working on practice and learning more about acupuncture, Chinese medicine, herbal formulas, and sort of all the, the technical pieces, I started looking at consciousness and psychology and behavior, mostly to help understand myself, but I could directly apply it in the clinic right away. Mm -hmm. And then I would start recognizing patterns in, in patients, and I would have a bit of an insight or a solution. Mm -hmm. And I thought, if this is happening for them, I can apply this to myself. Right. What else is possible? And... Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I set out with a plan of being like a, a self-development guru or anything like that <laughs> yeah. at all, yeah. but I could see these little openings, you know, yeah. showing up in life and then just being curious, what if I looked into that more, what would happen? Mm. And then things would shift. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Cause you could directly uh, apply that. So you have a, a clinic in, in Vernon. Um, can you, what, or take me back to when you started studying uh, to become a doctor in Chinese medicine. Yeah. Um, what was the the drive uh, for this, and how did you first get into this? Uh, not necessarily going on an alternative medicine, but I mean, it would be we could categorize it as an alternative medicine in Canada, I guess. Chinese yeah. Medicine. Yeah. How did you? first get into uh into this if that yeah i think that um sometimes things find us mm -hmm. you know we think we're maybe looking for something yeah. but there's other things looking for us mm -hmm. and uh chinese medicine was one of those things mm. 
But if I, you know, if I rewind a little bit, I had played tons of sports, you know, lots of hockey, track and field, anything I could, you know, be into athletically. I was interested in it. A lot of time outside, a lot of time just being really physical. Mm -hmm. And um, I enjoyed that. I loved competition. I loved pushing myself. I loved seeing what the body could do. And sometimes you hit the limits a little bit and then you realize, oh, there's an injury that now needs to be sorted. So I had a lot of injuries through hockey. Mm. And, um, you know, it's, I'd be in physio clinics and got to spend a lot of time in clinical environments and, you know, was going to doctors or getting stitches or any of those things. After a while of being around medicine, you start to, you know, it permeates you a little bit. Mm. And my mom was a nurse for many years and a lot of people in the neighborhood where I grew up, you know, their moms were nurses as well, or there, you know, maybe there's doctors and veterinarians. And so there was an immersive environment somehow Mm. that I was always around that was like in the medical field in some way. And through a lot of my old injuries, I thought maybe sports medicine would be a pathway for me if my athletic dreams didn't work out, then I, mm-hmm. I could branch into being on the other side of the, the fence and doing mm-hmm. treatment. So I started going to school, uh, took science, was always interested in you know biology and how the body works, partly through a lot of my own injuries. And so I took anatomy and physiology and biomechanics and a lot of the you know cellular biology and chemistry and just learning more about what makes the body function. And, um, you know, I had some really good teachers along the way that were really interested in the brain and the nervous mm-hmm. system and I'd get these little sidebars of you know insights and asking them questions and it would just keep unfolding all these things that I was really thirsty for knowledge wise that I had no idea about mm-hmm. and it would open a new doorway and I thought okay I'm, I'm going that direction now and uh, I think you know through a couple of knee surgeries and then being around clinics and being in uh, spaces where I'd be getting treatment eventually I did get acupuncture and mm-hmm. uh, it worked beautifully I had you know knee surgery and pain and swelling and it it worked amazing and it really sparked something in me because I could see it firsthand Mm -hmm. very practical person that it took swelling down it decreased the pain significantly and my brain wanted to know how that was possible Mm -hmm. you know sticking these little needles in the body what's going on there I was like how is this actually working and so I would follow my curiosity and Mm -hmm got books on Chinese medicine and started reading about it. And the more I read about it, the more it connected with me somehow. Mm -hmm. And I can't even really explain that, but it just, it connected at a a deep level where it's like it opens an understanding in me that I somehow knew, Mm -hmm. but I didn't know, you know, I didn't grow up with Chinese medicine or anything. It was totally foreign to me. But as I went through layers in different books and read more chapters, it's like the, you know, people talk about a, a remembering in some way. Mm-hmm. It's like familiar, but unfamiliar at the same time. Mm-hmm. But there was enough um, energy moving with that, that I felt like I had to follow that mm-hmm. and then unwrap another layer. And eventually I decided, you know what, I'm changing directions. I'm moving from Alberta to Vancouver to pursue Chinese medicine. And it mm-hmm. felt like the the biggest leap mm-hmm. of really not knowing a lot about it. But I knew inside that I had to follow it. Even if it wasn't going to work out, I needed to just see what if there's something here. And mm-hmm. uh, as I went into it deeper, I kept discovering more and learned about herbal medicine, more specialties in Chinese medicine. And I just, I fell in love with that way of uh, looking at the body. And then it, it just kept going from there. Interesting. Did, did you have any like surrounding that were questioning this, this, uh, this route? Yeah. Definitely lots of questions. Yeah. <laughs> Can you make a living at that? Yeah. 
you're not even Chinese. Um, <laughs> why are you doing this? Like, yeah. why don't you get like a regular job or become a doctor, become an MD? Maybe you should become a veterinarian. Like yeah. all these other things that were not Chinese medicine were also presented to me. And, you know, good questions too. Mm -hmm. Like I, I wasn't upset about the questions because I had a lot of those questions too, but it would really push on the, the self-doubt of maybe they're right. Maybe I should consider doing a different route. This is uncharted, unproven territory. I don't know if I can make a living, actually. So when somebody would ask me that, I couldn't really answer it. I would say something probably like, well, I think so. I think there's other people doing this. I don't actually know how much money they're making. You know, it says you can make some money, but who knows if that's true, you know? And um, I think it was just one of those trust exercises of having faith of following something that you feel and then going for it and, and finding out. Mm -hmm. And I think in life, sometimes we're faced with these decisions. You don't really know which is the right path and you just got to choose one. And then I think you will find out, you know, you'll know if it was the right decision or not. And then that can redirect you, but it, it was the right decision for me. Even during the first year of Chinese medicine school, I still had a lot of doubt was having trouble with like language barriers and things. I didn't speak Chinese. Oh, it I, was in Chinese. It was in Chinese. The it was in English. Oh, okay. um, but a lot of my teachers were born and raised in China. Mm -hmm. Had learned medical, um, well, Chinese medicine and mm -hmm. Western medicine in Chinese in China at the universities there, and I, I really felt for them. And I felt like there's some more inadequacies. I don't know how to speak Chinese. I don't understand what they're saying all the time, and they're <laughs> trying to teach me this Albertan, you know, redneck farm kid <laughs> who's never been around this culture. Yeah. I couldn't understand what they were saying a lot of the mm -hmm. time and they'd get frustrated with me because I'd ask questions mm -hmm. and they're trying to explain it, but I, I couldn't articulate a question, you know, well enough. And then they would tell me the answer, but I wouldn't really understand it. Mm -hmm. And so I'd get frustrated and it just took time to really, you know, find that, um, that common ground where I could understand what they were saying and, you know, training an ear to understand the Chinese terminology for different herbal formulas and some of those things that was just really foreign to me. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of really beautiful relationships built during that time with my teachers and they were fantastic and taught me so much about the body and taught me so much about how to view the system differently than what I had been taught. Cause I, I did science first. Mm. And so it was definitely a paradigm shift where it wouldn't always make sense, but I, I found if I just kind of stuck with it and gave myself permission to not know, which was really uncomfortable. Mm. I just wanted to understand so badly, you know, <laughs> eventually it started sinking in and mm. then there'd be a, a deepening layer and, suddenly a concept would make sense and I'd feel so relieved that I finally understood this thing they're trying to teach me for mm. weeks or months or something. And then there'd be another layer and, <laughs> uh, it finally, you know, it smoothed out, but there was, there was some pretty sticky bits in the beginning. Yeah. I bet. Were, were the, the people that were in your, uh, um, in your class or were kind of like the same background as you, or it was totally different, uh, all, all sorts of people learning this. Yeah. All, of, um, yeah. all sorts of people. And that was maybe one of the most beautiful elements of being in school in Vancouver, mm. very multicultural. Everybody mm. had a different background. So we had people from many different countries, mm. completely different childhoods, uh, different belief structures, different um, spiritual beliefs, anything and everything. Mm. And that was something that I believe I needed, mm. but I didn't know that I needed that until I got there. And then I started making friends that had 
you know, completely different views on life. Mm -hmm. And it really helped me open up my own thinking and break down some of the barriers and programming that I had, you know, coming from where I grew up and, you know, had really tremendous relationships and friendships and connections through that. And it, um, it changed me in a really powerful way Mm -hmm. because it exposed me to ideas and concepts and languages that I had never even heard before. Mm-hmm. And again, I got to feel moments of inadequacy with some of my best friends speaking, you know, five or six languages. And <laughs> here I am speaking one language, probably not even very well. And they're just, you know, so beautiful mm-hmm. and articulating different thoughts and concepts. And so um, it was just one of those things that I was just exposed to a lot and eating up a lot mm. and and feeling really satiated at a deep level that I was finally finding all these things that were fresh and mm. new and you know had me you know really think about it in a completely new way yeah that's cool yeah being mixed with different cultures especially when you you learn something it's it's nice um, so what is the the main difference with with Chinese medicine and And Western medicine, like what is the the, the main uh, the main different aspects that that are in the whether the approach or, or like the direct things you can do or there was um, there was a lot of teachers that would you know share various answers mm. to this question, and one of them that stuck with me the most was Western medicine viewing the body as a machine. Mm. And the different parts and, you know, with surgery and things. And I'm grateful that, you know, surgery is available and it can be very helpful. Mm. And Chinese medicine would view the body as a garden. Mm, and, you know, the way I would look at that is how's the soil? How's the, the pH? How's the minerals? How's the nutrients? Is there enough sunlight? Is there enough uh, moisture to grow the plants and enough uh, nutrient density here to, you know, cultivate a really beautiful ecosystem and all the different, you know, plants and fungus and, you know, insects and things that are really part of a a healthy garden. And if we treat the body that way, then you can create a harmonious environment and that we're not machines, you know, Mm. we're biological dynamic beings that have, you know, infinite amount of potentials and consciousness and, So when I, even still to this day, we look at the body in a really holistic way where one part of the system should not be isolated. And if there's an issue in a particular organ system, I don't ever think of that organ system being on its own that, oh, that's the problem, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's like a thyroid issue or something. Um, Western medicine would maybe look at that and say, oh, you're, you're tired and fatigued because your thyroid's not functioning properly. We can give you medication for that. You'll feel better. And on the top level, that can be true. But then the question that I'm usually looking at is, why is the thyroid underperforming? Why is it not producing the neurotransmitters and hormones and all the sort of cascade of work that it can do? Mm -hmm. Something must be affecting its ability to function. And then we look at the entire rest of the body with digestion, nervous system, inner environment, outer environment, And really start looking at everything that could be involved in that because the thyroid is not an isolated system in the body. It is part of the whole, it plays a role in the the whole function of the system, but it's not on its own. So Mm -hmm. if you only look at that one place, you're missing, you know, 95% of the rest of the body that actually might be causing that. 
And so when you look at more of those layers and you treat the body that way, the thyroid can actually come back online and it it wasn't the thyroid's fault, you know? Mm. So yeah, much more expanded view of involving all the cells, all the tissue, all the organs, and anything that somebody's experienced in their life can be really, really relevant to what's happening inside and especially Mm. what's happening physically. So I usually look at the mental emotional parts of what somebody's, um, um, well, current experience of their life is, whether mm-hmm. work, life, relationships, that things that manifest physically, it's usually the last thing, you know, it's already manifested emotionally, energetically, mentally. And if it's not addressed or resolved in that way, then it eventually becomes physical. Mm-hmm. So, so you're, so you see people that are coming for, cause th- this approach uh, forces you to have, uh, I guess like more of a of a bigger assessment, right? Like everything would take more time when you when you work with somebody, right? It's not like somebody comes, I have a problem somewhere, and they directly get to the problem. You, you need to do a bigger assessment then when you work with with uh, somebody. Yeah, I tend yeah. to take quite a bit more time than lots of <laughs> other practitioners, and um, the beautiful part about being a practitioner is that you get to you know, practice or develop your own style. You can develop Mm -hmm. a a methodology or a way that you really enjoy working. So I have colleagues that practice fairly quickly and very efficiently, and maybe they're not addressing everything in the body, but they, they maybe don't feel that they need to, and they can still get some good results and, you know, muscle pain or athletics and people feel better and they get off the table with some acupuncture. And, um, for whatever reason over the years, I've really been called to always try and find the root cause of what's Mm -hmm. going on and look at every other element or layer that could be involved. So if somebody has a a recurrent injury, for example, I can treat that with acupuncture and they'll feel better. But I do want to understand how come that's happening in their life and why are they back again and again with something similar? And they could say, oh, it's just my knee. It's not very good. Or it might be a lack of confidence it might be lack of self-worth. Maybe they have, you know, some blockages from their, you know, early life that they're carrying in their body and it can manifest as muscle tightness or fatigue or pain in a particular place, but it has nothing to do with the physical body. It just shows up that way because the body's trying to get their attention. So I am the guy that'll ask those questions mm-hmm. and, you know, really try and take it to a deeper level because I do want to resolve things and I don't want people to have to recurrently deal with the same issue or I kind of feel like I'm not really getting to the, the depth that we could. Mm-hmm. So it does take longer, but I feel like it's worth it in the long run, you know, and even for people investing in that type of approach, it's not for everybody. And that's okay. Not everybody wants to dive in there at a deep level. And I know it can be scary or they don't want to get in touch with their emotions, even though there's like so much, you know, material that could be unearthed there. And it's often life changing. And I think just because of being in the clinic for almost 15 years now, I've seen that if I don't get into that material, we won't really get the same results. It won't be as lasting. It won't be as life changing. And, you know, as I grow and develop in my own way, I don't really want to settle for anything less. I want it to be life-changing work or I'm not as interested, you know, and uh, I don't want just the surface stuff anymore. So anybody that's seeing me, they know this, that I'm going to ask them questions. They might cry. They might get upset. (laughs) They they might get mad at me, (laughs) but I know they can feel how much uh, love and care I have for wanting to show up to to actually help them with what they really need. 
how, how does that approach is often uh, uh, seen by by the people you you work with is it are do every people that comes to see you are aware of that or some people are like surprised that you get into uh, the emotional uh, part of their their body and how is this do you feel like often like resistance i mean you, that's what you were just saying but yeah is it like how is it generally speaking sometimes there's a decent amount of resistance mm. to become vulnerable to talk about something that might be challenging or painful and um i'm usually pretty good at reading where somebody's at you know the first time i see them or we get into a conversation you can kind of feel mm -hmm. if you're being present and maybe maybe that's like a, a side tangent here if i could send a message to lots of practitioners and coaches and guides and people that facilitate and work with other people the biggest um, level of importance i think is being present and so mm -hmm. if you're sitting with somebody And, you know, we get to sit here like this too. Mm -hmm. I can feel like you're really present and, you know, attuning to me and, and listening to what I'm saying mm -hmm. and I'm listening to you and, you know, feeling the essence of what you're sharing, that I do that in the clinic as well. What they say, how they say it, you know, and how they answer different questions. You get to feel the, the fabric and the texture of, of mm -hmm. somebody's energy and their life force and, who they are and I want to get to know who they are. And so I think sometimes it's maybe surprising. They're maybe expecting a, a doctor visit and suddenly <laughs> I'm asking them about all kinds of other things that don't seem yeah. related to their health issues. Yeah. So that I can sometimes sense some maybe annoyance or some impatience of like, this is not what I'm here for. And for <laughs> yeah. me, I'm like, Oh yes, it yeah. is. <laughs> you know, this yeah. is, this is what I'm here for. But I, you know, I, I ask questions in a way I think that they can be received Mm. And I want them to know that if they're there with me, I know there's a reason for it. And I want to be as present as possible with helping uncover whatever it is that they're dealing with on any level. So I think now, just in the, the length of time I've been practicing, is most of my patients know that about me. And mm. maybe they've been referred to me because right. of that. So they have a bit of context And because I keep evolving and changing as well with how I'm working and the, mm -hmm. the way that I'm approaching things in the clinic, then, um, you know, sometimes it's new for me as well. And then I get to discover something else. And yeah, generally we're uncovering something new every visit. And I like to think at the end of it, you know, people leave with um, a new understanding about themselves that I, I love helping somebody discover a pattern within or something they haven't seen or thought of. Mm -hmm. And then it gives them, you know, food for thought, something to digest, something to process that then opens a, a new level in their lives. Um, certainly on the health front, but in their psyche, you know, in mm -hmm. the way that they see the world and, you know, opening a new perspective that they'd never considered. And it, yeah, it can, it can shake things up at times and that can be uncomfortable as well. But I find people that are showing up and there's like enough courage there that they're willing to go a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And once they get past some of those first few levels, then everything becomes available to them. And then you can see the excitement or the, the results or different miracles that happen. And that's what gets me excited too. Mm. Be because when people, you feel like when people understand the deeper root of, of the, the problem, it helps the healing process as well. Yeah, huge. Because that's something that can be... Because you can get treated and you don't really know what you're taking. You don't really know what's going on, but you, you, you give full um, 
say that full responsibility to the person that is treating you and you're not really involved like mentally and emotionally yeah. or not necessarily emotionally but more mentally into what's going on in 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 your body whether that that approach feels like you the you, you guide the person to really understanding the the root even if that can be a root that is completely not what they were thinking initially. it is yeah often yeah. not what they were thinking and sometimes yeah. they have an idea but Um, you're touching on something that's really important is this self-responsibility. So I know, and I've done this, I've been the patient where mm. I go to the practitioner. I just want them to, to cure me, to treat the thing. <laughs> I just give me a, you know, a medicine, even natural, give me mm. a supplement or herbs or whatever. that's going to like fix everything I got going on. Yeah. And, uh, I have really beautiful people in my life that can ask those hard questions to me sometimes or, or the healthy, the healthy love, the healthy challenge of going a little bit deeper. And then I know I got to address something. But one of the reasons I love doing that with patients is if I do it for them, then I'm developing my muscles, not theirs. Mm -hmm. And really at the end of the day, then I feel like if it's, if it's not helpful to them in empowering them to change their own life and I can sure, you know, guide, facilitate, point them in the right direction, but they have to lead their own health journey Because if I lead it, they are not really finding, I think, what they can um, possibly tap into for their the longer term. Maybe mm -hmm. short term, they get some relief, they feel better. That's great. But I, I'm not satisfied with that anymore. I want to educate them, to teach them tools, to give them you know, insights and things so they can keep finding new layers within themselves. And then they become more self-sufficient. They don't need me as much. And that way I get to keep seeing new patients and help them, you know, get on their pathway or guide them and direct them hopefully in a really healthy way. And if they're equipped and they're developing their capacity to become their own healer, can you imagine what would happen in society if more people had like really deep self-empowerment that mm -hmm. way? We could spend more time having fun and, and yeah. playing and that would be the healing. And yeah. sure, maybe you have expertise that I don't and, and vice versa that we get to collaborate and both benefit from it. So every patient I see, it's a collaborative effort. I want yeah. them to ask me questions. I want to share like why I'm giving them something that I'm giving them so that they can then undo that pattern. They don't need the same formula from me every day mm -hmm. and they don't need to stay on it forever. If they have to take something from me forever, then I feel like I'm, not serving them in the highest capacity and we're not really getting there. And, you know, there is patients I have still where there's a long-term um, necessity for really a lot of support from me, but they're getting it. And mm -hmm. over time they don't need as much from me or they don't need as much, you know, medicines and vitamins and supplements or, mm -hmm. you know, frequency remedies and things that will build because they are starting to be able to stand on their own two feet. And mm -hmm. I love when that happens. And that's what I'd love for everybody is that long-term view of, you know, beautiful inner capacity. And that's, uh, to me, that's health. That's like long lasting health. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. I like that, uh, that approach that reminds me the saying, um, don't give people fish, but learn, uh, teach them how to, how to fish. Yeah. And that's kind of the same, uh, the same thing. Yeah. For the, The longevity. Yeah, if anybody could be more in touch, because I feel like this also, and you probably with long-term client that you're a patient that you have, um, this would then give them probably the ability to be more in tune with what's going on then later on, 
when they would have like something new that would happen, uh, like a new issue that would arise. Yeah. Do Do you feel like they can also help them maybe be more aware of what's going on? Yeah. And maybe have like um, recurring tools that they can use. Um, yeah, if somebody's to, equipped um, with more skills, more tools, mm -hmm. they won't need to come to me for every little thing and they'll be able to resolve it within themselves. And that's not to say that we shouldn't ask for help and, and get support. We absolutely yeah, should. Sure. And I do that all the time. There's things that I need help with plenty. Mm -hmm. And um, at the same time, the more skills, the more tools I have within myself, managing my own energy, managing my nervous system, managing my emotions in really healthy ways, things don't get that out of balance then before they're already addressed. So you can address them at micro levels and at really subtle levels, then they don't turn into these like massive life disturbances where we're being put on our backs or, mm. you know, really taking out, um, well, taken out in a, mm. a way that we don't want or a sudden illness shows up or something really intense. And so a lot of what I teach and especially at, you know, retreats and events and things that I lead is, you know, getting people to get more in touch with themselves and listening to their bodies more and being able to attune to what's happening inside. Because uh, I've seen this thousands of times in the clinic, you know, maybe somebody's um, been totally fine for 30 years or, or that's what they share. And then suddenly they have all these symptoms showing up and it's really alarming and really intense and maybe really challenging. And so I have a lot of compassion for that, for mm -hmm. sure. And then when I ask them, like, did you have anything going on before this? And they're like, nope. Nothing, totally fine. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you've never had any symptom arise for like 30 years and suddenly it's all here. And they may say, yeah, I was totally fine, but I, I don't really believe that. And it's not mm -hmm. that I don't trust what they're telling me, but what I generally see is they weren't listening to their body mm -hmm. and there was signs, you know, there were little things, but it's so easy to sweep that under the rug. We're working hard, especially in this society, we're busy. <laughs> we're not slowing down enough to really check in is like, how was my week? Mm -hmm. How am I feeling? And I, I think for a lot of people, they would say, I'm exhausted. I got nothing in the tank, but I got to get up and go to work the next day. And they just continue that pace, maybe five years, 10 years, 15, maybe more. And suddenly their body's saying, I've had enough of that. I've been telling you we needed to change and we needed to get more rest and more support or, or change our diet or exercise for a long time and you haven't done that, the body will take it to the next level and it'll do whatever it needs to do to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And you may not like how it does that at times. So through lots of humbling lessons in my own life where my body did get my attention or <laughs> life got my attention in some way, mm -hmm. it's made me much more aware of how I'm feeling daily without being hypersensitive, because that can be you know too far the other way where mm -hmm. every little thing we're yeah. getting too focused on it, but um, having some balance of just paying attention and listening. How am I doing? Ah, geez, I'm feeling a bit burnt out. Yeah, I've been overworking. Okay, what am I gonna do now for the next week or two to address that and get some more rest, maybe ask for help, get some support, get some treatment myself, get myself back rebalanced before it's intense. And so I, I do pay attention way more than what I used to. Also, because I've seen it in the clinic, the consequences of not paying attention mm -hmm. to your body can be pretty significant. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, I don't want <laughs> the big, 
two by four to the face, you know, metaphorically, <laughs> yeah. I've had that in the past. I don't need any more of that. And if that is going to come my way, I want to be prepared and equipped mm-hmm. that I have enough inner resources to, to meet whatever challenge might be showing up in life right. and then use that as another growth opportunity as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What kind of things anybody could do to, to start trying to be more attuned with the, with their own body? Like, do you have any little tools and, and I don't know, things that, people could 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 practice um on the daily or how to recognize because one thing that comes to me is also especially for the people that have an athlete as uh, sorry a past as an athlete or or the relationship you have with um signals and with pain and where to draw the line between is this normal is this okay is this not not okay um I found that it can be tricky sometimes to to be able to read uh, your own fatigue, mental fatigue, and sometimes mm-hmm. you question, "Am I fatigued or am I okay?" Uh, you know that saying of like, when you want to quit, you're only forty <laughs> percent, <laughs> like that that kind of thing, and that 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 blends well with uh, like you talked about today's culture, where it's go go go, and nobody knows how to slow slow down and, and listen to these little things. Um, What are, are things maybe in your practice or in your experience that, you know, anybody could, if let's say I'm somebody who has zero really, um, not zero, but very low awareness on on my body and how I, I am currently emotionally in, in, uh, in, in my life, like what would be little things that I could start trying or or ask myself to just like check in whether it is um, just the the health or emotionally or mentally does it make sense this question yeah i think that um there's so much disconnect Mm -hmm. in our society right now technology has been very helpful to connect us in lots of beautiful ways but it has also led to lots of disconnect Mm where if we're looking at a screen all the time and we're not in presence and I love uh, that we're doing this in person Mm -hmm. together and um, yeah, it helps actually connect with another person. We're not meant to be in isolation. We're not meant to isolate parts of our bodies, organ systems and everything else. We need that, that connectivity Mm -hmm. and we need that with friends, with family, with community, you know, with people that can help, um, reflect you know in in beautiful ways and so that might be one element for people to look at is um who are they spending time with and are those people connected or disconnected and -hmm. if you spend time with people that are connected to themselves to their bodies with their mind with their hearts you can't help but get pulled in that direction and that would be really beautiful if you spend a lot of time with people that are constantly checking out um, whether it's you know, drinking, partying, drugs, like 24-7 movies or just, you know, like not mm-hmm. really being present in life, then you'll be spending a lot of time, you know, disconnected as well. So look at your circle. Mm-hmm. Look at who you're spending time with, uh, first thing. Second thing, you know, and we can even do it right now, I think the slowing down is a huge part of it. There's so much stimulus available Mm -hmm. there's like a million different Mm -hmm. things that you can consume (laughs) at this day and age it's it's overwhelming for many people but they don't know it's overwhelming 
but their nervous systems are dysregulated and you just get used to it. So that's another part of it. People get mm -hmm. so used to how they're operating that they lose sight of reality or of like how they actually feel. Mm -hmm. One of the main antidotes to that is slowing down. And I've said this to people I've worked with like high powered CEOs and things like that. When I say that to them, they get angry sometimes. Yeah. There's no such thing as balance, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. that's bullshit. And I'm like, well, that's okay to feel that way. But your body is telling me that it wants to slow down right now because you're exhausted. Your adrenals are shot. Your testosterone's low. You've been pushing the body way too hard for way too long. Mm -hmm. You tell me what's your body saying. Mm -hmm. And so we can kind of be in denial of what's actually taking place. So just slowing down by taking a breath and you know even if we did that right now just taking a breath in through the nose out through the mouth you can do this wherever you are maybe not while you're driving but you had a red light maybe you could do it take a deep breath in through your nose out through the mouth and if you do three breaths like that it will bring you more into presence you don't have to overthink it it can be easy and suddenly you find yourself more in your body. The next thing you can do from that is just do a light like body scan mm -hmm. where you just focus on the top of your head for a moment and let your consciousness or let your focus move slowly down through your body. And if somebody's having trouble because they are disconnected or they're not really in their body that much, I'll just ask them, you know, can you feel your hands right now? And can, can you feel your fingers? Like, can you move your fingers? Maybe just move your wrists, move your hands a little bit. And your focus is like, okay, I'm feeling my body again. Can you feel your, your feet? Can you feel your ankles? And just go through a light, you know, just pausing in each place. Toes, ankles, knees, hips. Can you feel your chest? Maybe can you feel your lungs breathing? Can you feel your heart? And that alone can bring you back into presence. Mm. And all it is is slowing down. And you can kind of do any techniques you want, whether it's, you know, breath work, breath holding. I love breath work. I love meditation. I love all those things. But I do find a lot of people have trouble getting in the rhythm of that. Mm. We want to make it easy to be successful. So three deep breaths in through the nose, out through the mouth. Step one. Step two, just do a light body scan and then see oh, I didn't even know my low back was tight. I wasn't even paying attention. Mm -hmm. And then if we rest our consciousness there with even a, a light focus that is not meant to be this really difficult thing, you don't even have to do anything. Even the, the body getting a little bit of focus like that, it'll shift the energy because mm -hmm. we're aware of something now. And mm -hmm. you can take that and continue to, to build on it. Um, if you're having trouble feeling your body, you know, put your hand on the body part that you're having trouble connecting with. So many of the, the body can be disconnected itself. And I do find getting treatment from others can be helpful. Mm. You know, you get a massage or you see your chiropractor or something like that. They might say, do you know that this muscle right here is mm. so tight that it is like wound up and yeah, why are yeah. your shoulders up by your ears and you don't even know. <laughs> so yeah. having reflection, you know, hands-on or otherwise can be mm. really, really helpful just to give us some you know, beautiful cues or tools that, yeah. you know, we, uh, we, um, illuminate something that we're unaware of. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've, I've spoken about this online a little bit and, you know, however it lands for people, just even, you know, people working on, on their, um, cosmetic elements and trying to get rid of wrinkles and things like that mm -hmm. and all the different things that are available in our society to do that. 
uh, one of my teachers had said, you know, you can put a little piece of tape on some of the wrinkles that you're trying to get rid of. Mm. And then when you make the face that is that wrinkle, you'll know because you'll feel the tape pulling. Oh, I see. And then you can check in and see what am I feeling right now? Because I notice this with patients and I notice with friends, like they might be making like a pretty stern mm. face and you're like, oh, are you upset right now? And they're like, no, I'm totally good. <laughs> I'm like, well, your face says yeah. that you seem kind of frustrated or angry because your eyebrows are scrunched down and you're wrinkling up your nose and looks like you're kind of dysregulated right now. Mm. But maybe they are feeling regulated. But, the you know, these these cues, we can use little hacks and tools like that to just self-reflect oh, you know what? I thought I was calm, but I'm actually irritated right now and I'm stressed out about that thing that happened this morning. And instead of slowing down and allowing that to move, we'll just keep going, going, going. And then that stacks up every day. And by the end of the week, there might be a lot of stuff sitting there. Hmm. So the end of each day, if you just take a little bit of an inventory, two minutes, five minutes, nice, easy breathing, how did my day go? Oh yeah, there was some tough moments. I'm just gonna going to feel that right now. Oh, I had some grief or some frustration. Let's just breathe with that for a minute and just coming back to being present with your body. And so you can self-care in that way. And suddenly that energy that was stuck has just been let go and melted. And the next day you're starting fresh again, instead of, you know, carrying some of this weight. Mm. How do you know that you are letting an emotion go through, like you're feeling it and not uh, keeping it stuck. Like, how do you, how do you know that? I suppose that might be different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And again, we can even do this right now if you want, mm -hmm. is if you feel your body right now and just let your attention go to wherever it first wants to go. Don't overthink it could be anywhere and if you have a place that arises just let your attention rest there and then if we get curious and we're slowed down enough in listening what does that body part feel like you know what does it want to share is there something there that's not being noticed or not being felt and if we slow down even more and invite that energy forward there might be a message there might be a sensation and something that maybe just feels tight or tense then starts communicating oh there's some stress here and then the next level is oh maybe there's some frustration oh i'm you know i had an argument with my partner or something i'm feeling upset about it oh why is that oh, i'm not feeling heard or i'm not feeling seen or met in some way Oh, I have grief around that. Oh, interesting. I had a relationship in the past where I never felt seen or, or met or understood. Oh, I'm actually feeling a lot of grief around that. And as that sort of bubbles up, the tendency for many people is to just push it down because it's uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. doesn't feel good to feel that sometimes. Yeah. But if we're in a good place, maybe we're on our own, have a little bit of quiet time. If you can let that come all the way up to the surface that is enough. And maybe there's tears or maybe there's not, maybe there's just a recognition and acknowledgement. And then suddenly that body part, guess what? Maybe it's more relaxed and that tension's melted away. And then, oh, maybe there's another layer to this and you can just like slowly 
let these things bubble up to the surface and then you get to work with it. And if it's a lot bubbling up and it's really intense and you can't deal with it right then, make a note mentally or write it down. I want to revisit this anger that I was feeling and maybe you schedule time, you know, maybe mm-hmm. you give yourself permission the next evening of like, okay, I'm going to sit down and go into this. Or I'm going to call a friend and say, Hey, can you reflect some things for me? Can you come and sit with me? Can you get on the phone with me? I, I feel like I need to process something. And that's where the people around you can be so helpful mm-hmm. is I have people in my life. I can do that with, and I can do that for them. What's, you know, what's happening for you right now. And then as they start sharing, you know, this whole chain of events start bubbling up. And then, you know, at the end of that, they feel completely different. And so we don't have to wait for months or years to allow our bodies to come in contact with one another. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious what you may have felt as we were just doing the, this. The first I was feeling my hands, but if it, I think it's because I was holding them. So when you said the first, it went here. And then as you were talking, it kind of went in my neck. So I felt mostly my hands and my neck. Did you notice anything that came up with the neck? And I, I know we're sort of in this live conversation of, <laughs> no. was uh, there anything there that sort of surfaced or that you felt or noticed? Not really. Maybe because I feel like uh, maybe it's related to, I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm a little too much uh, he- head down. Then, then fully straight, especially when I'm on my my, my desk uh, chair, that may be related to that. I didn't feel anything really. Uh, I didn't relate it to anything. I think, but maybe I wasn't like fully. <laughs> but at, at first, I felt my hands and my neck. Yeah. Well, and even just yeah. the noticing the hands. And then you notice, oh, my neck is tight. Mm -hmm. That is one step closer to being in communication with the body. Because before that, maybe it was unconscious, Mm. didn't even notice. And then it's like, oh, yeah, my posture a little bit forward or my shoulders a little bit rolled. And, yeah, it's the desk and these different things. And then, you know, if you're curious, you know, how can I set up my desk in a a different way where I'm I'm not head down so much? Mm -hmm. And maybe there's energy there, too, of... Sometimes we have, and I'm not saying this is true for you, but with other patients I've seen where shoulders are kind of rolled in Mm -hmm. and there's a little bit of collapsing in the chest and it's not like sitting back open. It's maybe because there's some walls that somebody's put up and they're protecting their heart Mm -hmm. and they're protecting some of these emotions that are stuck in there. And, you know, our body, our physical posture, we're kind of, it'll move to protect these places. Mm -hmm. And mostly it's unconscious. Mm -hmm. And so when we look at society right now, because of our phones and screens and everything else, that forward leaning posture and the shoulders coming in and the chest kind of collapsing a little bit, it's massive. Mm. What that does is it kind of shuts down the emotional availability of connecting through the heart. Mm. Because when you sit that way or you sit, you know, and I was even doing it a little bit right now when we sit and kind of pull the shoulders back, Mm -hmm. take a deep breath. I can feel the shift in my body and like my availability to be open with somebody Mm -hmm. feels different. Hey. And so you've just come in contact with something in your system and it's been easy to address. Mm -hmm. And then it can actually take some pressure off the heart. The lungs are more open. You get oxygen moving through head's going to be more clear. Posture is going to be better. And that tiny 
nuance that you notice tracking, your body's going to thank you for that. Mm. Yeah, I'm definitely guilty of the, the, the rounded as well, for sure. And especially with like phone spending time uh, using phone, it's, uh, it's terrible for the, the posture. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Um, can you tell me a little bit about the biocharger that you have? Because I, I saw you shared a few things with it. I have no idea what it, what is it. If you can explain uh, what does it do for who it is. and Yeah, the biocharger is um, like four things in one. Mm -hmm. So pulse electromagnetic field, mm -hmm. photon therapy, voltage, and frequency. Mm -hmm. And so each of those things can be healing in their own way. The combination of four is pretty potent. So we have people come in all the time into the clinic and you just basically sit by it and you get to take in frequency into your body by choosing whatever recipe can, is most important or resonant with um, whoever's sitting in there, depending on what they have going on. Mm -hmm. So we have recipes we can choose. And, and a recipe basically is like a program on the biocharger for specifically, uh, you know, an outcome or a goal. Mm -hmm. And so there's recipes for inflammation, There's ones for sleep, ones for stress, ones for energy, ones for adrenal support. There's very targeted ones too towards bacteria, viruses, like colds, mm -hmm. flu, ones for boosting the immune system. There's general cleanse yes. recipes. There's uh, brainwave ones like mm -hmm. alpha, delta, theta. And so I'll go in That's there crazy. before or after work. And uh, maybe I want to do a bit of breath work and meditation, mm -hmm. get the end of the day, make sure I'm looking after myself. That I'll put on uh, like straight like theta recipe for 12 minutes, 15 minutes. All the different programs on there are usually between like eight to 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And often we'll do one recipe or, you know, patients coming in. Sometimes we'll do two recipes. Maybe they're just getting over a, a cold or a flu. So we might run like a, a viral assist program for 10, 15 minutes. Let all that energy pass through their body. And then maybe we'll do one to support their energy or their mitochondria to help like reignite that energy sequence in the body, um, get their vitality back. And it'll also help detox and offload pretty much anything that we want to target. So you can mm -hmm. come in and we'll ask you, what do you got going on? And maybe it's just, oh yeah, my body's a little tight. You know, the neck's been, um, you know, filled with some tension. I feel pretty good otherwise. So maybe we do like an inflammatory support recipe or a circulation recipe, or there's ones for like strength and flexibility. Hmm. There's ones for, um, you know, at, like pre-workout, you know, oh, adding yeah, some nice. energy to the yeah. system and get the body supercharged a little bit. And I think that's part of it is our, our bodies get drained over time, hmm. depending on what somebody's doing diet wise, life wise, enough sleep. There's, you know, certainly a lot of people that struggle with sleep. And so we've got ones for insomnia on there mm. and calming the system. There's ones for anxiety as well. So we might run different combos of different recipes to mm. try and triangulate or target what's going on for somebody. And it's easy enough. You just sit there, you let the, the program run, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and that's pretty much it. But what you're taking away is that the, the voltage of the cells can be increased And there's a lot of research that's supporting, like the body's pretty much an electromagnetic battery, yeah. you know, at the first pass, if we keep it simple. And sometimes that voltage starts running low at the cell level. Then the organs don't function in the way that they can. Circulation, you know, maybe the heart's got to work harder. We, we don't breathe as efficiently. The muscles get fatigued or maybe they're sore all the time. You've got to increase the voltage in the system. And once those 
electrical, um, well, electrons as well, and the electron chain in the body, once that starts firing properly at a higher voltage, the cells work better. So some of the research that's available past a certain threshold of voltage, if it's too low, cellular function doesn't really happen very well. Hmm. And above a certain threshold, oh yeah, cellular function really, really kicks in and your body detoxes and clears and it builds energy. Mm-hmm. So you can literally help the voltage increase in the system and then through frequency, um, pulse electromagnetic field, anti-inflammatory effect on the body, stimulates a healing effect in the system. So there's a lot of... A lot of angles that it'll work from. So it's yeah. it's been a beautiful device for us. We've had it for about five years. And, yeah, working with Biocharger, the company themselves, great mm-hmm. people. And, yeah, it's quite a quite a device that we get to add into treatment that we're doing. Yeah, that's cool. I had never seen uh, something like that. Do, do you feel anything as you're doing it? Do you, any feeling you have? Or is it is it really just, like, seamless and... It's uh, a little bit of both. In, uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on the recipe, I find... Mm-hmm. My hands definitely get pretty tingly mm. and sometimes I can feel it through my body. And, you know, for example, there's a, a recipe for balancing all the chakra centers, like the energy mm-hmm. centers of the body. And as somebody goes through that recipe, some people feel the sensation in their head quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Or for others, maybe wherever the blockages are, they might feel, excuse me, in, in their hearts. Maybe they feel it in their belly or solar plexus. And I could be sitting there with you in in that recipe And maybe I don't feel it in those places. Mm -hmm. Maybe I feel it in my back. So Mm -hmm. it really depends on where your blockages are and what's happening in your body. Some recipes you won't feel very much. Many people feel it when they're in there. And when they get up and start walking out, um, one of the words people have used is like, I feel oxygenated or Mm -hmm. I feel like aerated. Like there's more space in my Mm -hmm. body or they feel lighter. If we're doing detox recipes, you know, clearing out viruses or bacteria, those types of things, they might feel pretty sleepy after Mm. or they might feel kind of heavy because their body's now into a detox and they'll say, go home, rest, drink lots of water. And maybe the next day they wake up and they call in and they'll say, my head feels more clear than it has felt in months. I feel like I can think. And I was able to get up easier and it wasn't like I wasn't so tired or so Mm. fatigued. So yeah, people feel all kinds of things in there. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to try one day. Yeah, come in, yeah, man. Come uh, do some recipes. Yeah. We do a little breath work and uh, yeah. meditation, get the photon light going, and yeah, yeah, see what the frequency will do. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no, totally. Let's, let's do it. I um, So you, you, I want to talk about your, your, um, the retreat that you're, you're, you're doing, organizing. Um Because you're 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 talking about like the importance of the environment and community and the and the people around you. Is it the 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 first reason why you're starting to do this? Was it to to really um, have another way or an amplified way of of sharing this desire that you had to knowledge and then to 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 give uh, away these things? Or was it like for another reason? Like what what uh, led you to to first starting uh, that kind of thing? I think originally it was wanting to get better results with patients. Mm. And one of the reasons was I wanted to spend more time with people. And I thought, hey, if we could make a big impact in an hour or two visit in the clinic, that's amazing. And sometimes it's very life-changing as well. 
And I thought if I could get like a day with somebody or two days or, you know, in some cases in, in the past leading retreats for four or five days, six days, mm-hmm. the level of depth you can get to with a group of people over that time is substantial. Mm-hmm. So that was sort of the original um, inspiration is, is be able to go deeper and have more time. And then getting people out of their regular day-to-day life where they're not going back to work after a session or they're, you know, going back home to their, their, you know, family and obligations or responsibilities Mm -hmm. or a sink full of dishes, whatever it is that you could go really deep. And then, you know, I've done retreats by the ocean. I've done them in the mountains. I've done them by lakes and I love involving nature. Mm -hmm. And so that was another reason. Let's get out of the normal office environment. Let's get outside. Let's get in the trees in the forest. Let's get on surfboards. I've, I've done retreats in Tofino and those are always really powerful Mm because we'll do a bunch of deep work, meditation, breath work, these different things really tap into the the deep source within everybody. And then it's like, let's go get our wetsuits on Mm -hmm. and hit the ocean. And then you're out of your mind in the best way. And you're just present. You're in the water, you're moving your body. Those things I had found can really help the deeper integration. So by that time we'd meet again at dinner, they'd already had huge like shifts and transformations that wasn't always like forcing it. It wasn't always like a big efforting thing and not always through words. It could be in beautiful environments. So as I started to see that taking place, then, you know, I really was getting the inspiration to do bigger events, more people. And I still love leading each of those. I do one-on-ones with people at times, or I'll take a really small group for a period of days. I've done retreat series called Collective Hearts with a a good friend of mine out of Caslo there in, in the Kootenays. And we do like, you know, two days, two and a half days of deep, like heart work, emotional work, family constellations, all these different pieces Mm -hmm. that we can layer in. And you'd see people physically, emotionally and mentally, spiritually to transform in a two day period. And that is so fascinating to watch how somebody looks younger. They have a different look on their face altogether. Mm -hmm. Their complexion's better. Their eyes have more fire like more of that spirit for life or the uh, vitality came back and they leave transformed so seeing results like that just has continued to motivate me to to create more events like that and create environments where people can come in and you know you mentioned a community Hmm. that's been another uh, I probably wasn't consciously aware of that in the beginning and sure bringing people together was something I, I love to do but then when I really saw what would happen is beautiful friendships would, you know, come out of that and people finding their people, you know, and the the people that are healthy for them in life. And then outside of events and retreats, they'd be doing their own events and, you know, sparking each other. And I'd see this flourishing of activity and expansion from all the people at retreats and events. Mm -hmm. And I thought that is so potent and so beautiful. Let's create more of that. Let's create and set the stage for a lot of human connectivity at a high frequency that is going to lead to health and healing for everybody. And then what will that do in our communities and our families and things? And so it's just continued to grow. And uh, certainly, yeah, doing the the new human event a few months ago here in the Okanagan, I saw that at a scale that I hadn't seen before of, of events that we've put on. Mm-hmm. We've got more coming up, another one in December. And yeah, bringing the right people together, with the um, the right energy, you know, all sort of moving in the same direction, the the limitless energy around that is really exciting to me, and mm. 
I get fired up and feel all the creativity flowing through of uh, what event can I put together with the right pieces and processes and diving into the, the heart in the right way. What will that do? And seeing what it will do is, has been, you know, really a, a beautiful surprise in some way and uh, just wants me to do more. Yeah. Well, it sounds, can feel the, the energy just by you describing it. Um, that sounds really uh, powerful. Uh, well, the thing is when you, when you, when you combine like so many people into one intention, um when you you feel these things like you, you can se you can sense that really there there are things happening like you can sense the energy when when with this aspect of of being all in the same places and it's like you say when we're talking together right now it's it would be the energy would be different than than talking through two screens yeah um so that i can yeah i can, I can understand the 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 magic That, yeah. that can happen when you when you you unite all, all all people for one goal, especially a positive goal of self improvement and diving into into all these things. There's two things you talked a little bit about spirituality. I want to dive a little bit into this, and then the other thing would be um, well, I, well, we'll get after it. It's going to be linked a little bit to that. Um, first is why what do you think we're failing today that we even need these things because when i look at how things are evolving and you talked a little bit about technology and, and things like that it, it it's to we need to ask ourselves like why do we even need how how did we get so um left behind with being in touch with such fundamental things mm -hmm. um, and why, you know, it's even um, hard to be vulnerable or to be in touch with your emotions today or to even recognize or to, um, or, or, or to, be, you need somebody that's going to tell you, you need to take care of yourself or you need to do all these things like how, you know, why do we get into a direction where, where we even uh, really need this, these things? Uh, th this question is weird, but... <laughs> no, I think uh, the question's fantastic. And one of the first things that comes up as you say that is um, what we talked about earlier a little bit, like the disconnect mm. and how even on a biological level like cellular um, aspects of the body, if left in isolation, they die. And they've proven this with infants and babies and things. If they're isolated, like they won't survive. Even if they're fed, they need human connection. We all need human connection. And so much of our society has become so separated. And, you know, beautifully, I, I grew up on a farm in, in central Alberta. We knew all our neighbors. We interacted with our neighbors a lot. We all helped each other. You'd show up at the neighbor's place if they were building something or doing something, and you didn't expect anything in return. It's just mm -hmm. that's what you did. You helped them. And, you know, maybe the next week you were doing something at your place, and they'd show up and like, hey, do you need a hand? So there was really 
I got to see beautiful connectivity where a community could come together and work. And there'd be um, at the local hall, there'd be like community picnics or slow pitch games and these things. And people would come into proximity, they would share. And I do think, you know, without diving down uh, the pathway of religion necessarily, I think one of the beautiful elements of organized religion is like the community. And sure, there's like positive and, and negative aspects of these things, yeah. but um, where I really see that thrive is where a, a community comes together around a shared goal or around a shared outcome, and that's where you see people really thrive. And you see it with kids, you see it with adults. If you can come together that way, there's there's like a real health that can come forward. So to me, that's one of the biggest reasons to you know why people want to even come to events like this. Mm-hmm. And then the next level is they can feel in their own bodies that they've maybe become disconnected inside, not even just from the outside world through a lot of the things that we've been taught, but especially through things we haven't been taught. And so when we look at other, especially indigenous cultures, like all around the planet, most of them have had community as the central focus. Hmm. They'd, you know, they'd raise kids together They'd grieve together. They'd celebrate together. You know, if somebody died in a village, they would all come together to support whoever was experiencing the loss directly, but they would all grieve that together. That is a completely different experience than what we see here most of the time. If somebody goes through a big loss, they might be at home by themselves and maybe they have a a few close friends or something, but some people get so isolated Nobody even knows what they're going through. They don't have a community around them to to feel the waves of life and to share, hey, this is normal what you're going through. Of course you should be sad. Of course, like, take your time and process this. We'll look after you while this is happening. And uh, you see it with, like, pregnancy in a lot of the, like, even in Chinese medicine in history, I don't know how it is now, but a lot of my teachers would talk about this. If, you know, a woman gave birth, they would bring like herbal soups and stews and all the different things that she would need to rebuild energy and mm. chi and, you know, the huge energy outlay of producing a human, you yeah. know, it's quite substantial, yeah. but they would get really looked after. The aunts and uncles would be there, the grandmothers, the the other mothers, the the community. And a lot of times there'd be multi-generational elements of the family. Everybody would support They would support the baby. They would support the mother. And over a period of months, not just for like two days, here's a couple meals. All right, you're good to go. Oh, by the way, you need to be back at work in six weeks or 12 weeks. And it's like, you just built a a human being. So there's probably hundreds of reasons why this has been lost. I think part of it is, um, you know, consuming material objects, things that we put all these uh, major areas of focus outside of ourselves. I need that new thing. I need new clothes, new car, new house, like new everything. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I love those elements too, but not at the expense of connecting at a really deep level with like relational elements of your life, with the people, with the friends, your family. We can't really take many things with us, you know, Mm -hmm. when we're transitioning from this life, but our experiences and how we felt and how we made other people feel, those are huge keys. So I think we're actually in this time and space where a lot of people are realizing that now and there is communities forming again Mm -hmm. and there is these circles. And I've seen this with uh, the new human, like the event we did, there's community that's actually really robust already. And there's interconnectivity happening with so many people that were at the event. And that just, 
makes my heart feel so happy that that is happening because a lot of people have felt judged isolated depending on what they think and what they believe and so in in what we've created already you can see people feel so welcome and they're like oh I found my people like this is community because maybe your family doesn't agree with how you think or what you're doing and so especially the last few years the amount of isolation that's happened is astronomical so there's a real need and it's not even a, a desire or a want we need healthy connection to thrive there's no way really around it. And so when you find a community, you start finding people that you jive with, that you're on a similar wavelength with, even if you don't agree on everything, you can still appreciate the authentic connection of being in the room with somebody and you see each other. Mm. You can look each other in the eye. You can feel their heart. You can feel where they're coming from. Less chance for disconnect. And if there is a little bit of disconnect, you can understand why. And maybe you come back around again and you work on repair. And then the community can help hold things that are difficult where we don't have to bear these burdens alone or in isolation. It doesn't usually go very well. Mm -hmm. I love solo time. And so I'm speaking as somebody who loves being away from people, but then mm -hmm. I love being with people and finding a balance. And I know when I'm kind of needing community and connection. And I know when I need connection with the forest, with the trees, with the water by myself because that helps me reconnect deep inside again. And then when I do come back into community, I'm available for like full connection again and authenticity. Yeah. And it's just, it like supercharges each other. Yeah. I recognize, I recognize myself a lot in that. I'm the same. I need a lot of a long time. And for the longest time, I, I um, kind of thought that I was, I, it's kind of like you're introverted in certain situation and extroverted in, in other situations so that you don't really know how to ca categorize yourself because you enjoy both of these both of these things where when the, the surrounding and the community fits well who you are you're extroverted and you're 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 you're, you're taking energy out of the interaction mm -hmm. but also also by myself i feel like um i can recharge um, way better and regain the energy uh, yeah so exactly like you said so I recognize myself a lot in that I go to the creek uh, or the lake every day yeah uh, and yeah there's there's deep uh, there's deep relief also I don't know if it comes with being introverted or, or like but there's big relief in when there's no need for um, I found commun direct communication with somebody also, yeah. Uh, or not not the communication, but non-verbal communication. When there's no need to to talk and to understand and just like observe and, and feel, uh, I found like I, I gain a lot of energy out of uh, these moments that well, I can um, only have alone. Yeah, it's yeah. so beautiful when you start to recognize and get to know yourself better mm. of what you need and when you need it. Right. You know, when you need solo time or when you need, you know, community time and really trusting, that's another part is like attuning to your body. Mm -hmm. So you go to the creek or the lake every day because you've learned you feel better. Mm -hmm. And so if we all kind of take stock of our lives at times of where do I feel the best? And that could be where you're living. That could be the people that you hang around or, or places you you know, frequent in nature and, uh, I'll be going into nature this weekend mm -hmm. solo time. Cause I can feel I've spent a lot of time with people lately and I love it and I'm grateful for it. And it's time for some <laughs> like solo river yeah. forest time where it's just me, yeah. animals, trees, 
open sky and I get to think and I get to process and I come back into my body. And when I do that and I listen to what I need, when I'm back in the clinic or I'm leading or, or um, you know, guiding, I'm so much more potent and effective because I'm feeling good, grounded, aligned, then what I can deliver is completely different. Mm-hmm. That if I'm drained and depleted, you know, it's a, an yeah. easy equation. It's not going to be the same. So, you know, for anybody listening, give yourself permission to find what is healthy for you. And what's healthy for you is different for everybody. And that's okay. You know, that's what makes us all beautiful is how diverse it is. Mm-hmm. And for uh, the introverts or extroverts, even like dropping the uh, the title or dropping the descriptor word and then just track your own energy daily and weekly and start navigating your life in that way, it'll shift things in a, a really potent direction. Right. Listening to the inner compass. Yeah, the inner yeah. compass, it's there. It's always speaking to us, whether yeah. we're listening or not. <laughs> Different, yeah. <laughs> different question. Totally. Um, one thing I want to ask is, because um, you initially you're very in, you're, um, I don't know if you can call it. It's not necessarily a, a scientist, but you're interested with science and how the body works and things that are like quote unquote more, I'd say, physical or or even mental, um, and then now you're tapping into a lot of things that uh you would categorize also spiritual like you're you're kind of, you're linked mm-hmm. both of these things and um i'm always interested when i i uh meet somebody that is into spirituality but also science and and to understand what was kind of your path to um link both uh because a lot of people for a lot of people, they had like one moment, uh, crazy things that happened that they can't explain and really make them like created that faith into something or, and the story is kind of different for, for anybody. So yeah, I wanted to ask, did, did you, have you always been uh, in touch with spirituality or is it something that suddenly sparked with different things like how and and did you have was it tough for you or not like linking both of these things and how do you navigate it today because there may be things that you experience or that you know but you can't explain them yeah uh, scientifically <laughs> speaking you know what i mean i do uh, i think part of it was working in the clinic over the years with a lot of patients and hearing people's stories Mm-hmm. and having patients that have had NDEs, like near-death experiences, mm-hmm. and the things they would share with me about those experiences were kind of mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have context for that in the early part of my career because I, I didn't have any experience talking to anybody about that mm-hmm. or things that they had experienced in life that maybe weren't NDEs but really intense or unexplainable, these different experiences that they would, would have and then they'd be asking me about it and I didn't always know. And it was like, what does this mean? And I'd sit there thinking, I have no idea, but I want to find out. Like there's something about this. Mm-hmm. So some of the symptoms that people would have, they'd have every test, scan. I've had patients that literally had seen, you know, 50 doctors or more over mm-hmm. like a decade or more, 20 years, 30 years without any explanation. And nobody could really find out what was going on with them. What I started doing is just getting curious with that is like, well, there must be a reason, Mm. even if it's not obvious. And then I'd start expanding my scope of 
what if we just, you know, move the the circle out a little bit and included like the mental emotional part of their life? Does that explain it? And a lot of times it would. Oh, they they had, you know, a lot of trauma, a lot of, you know, wounding, um, challenging childhood, you know, parents were absent, like, you know, a hundred other reasons. And then I could start to put into context what was actually going on in their body and what they were experiencing in their nervous system. And sometimes we'd go through all those levels and still not really find the answer. And I thought, well, I guess we got to expand this scope a little bit more. And that started to take me into the the energetic realms or the mystical realms or the the spiritual realms a little bit that, oh, now we're getting into something that is relevant. And then maybe we'd make a shift or they'd see another practitioner that had expertise in those areas that I didn't have back then. And they'd come back completely transformed. Hmm. And I'd see them walk in and think, they look 10 years younger. Like, what did you do? And they're like, oh, I went and saw a Reiki practitioner, I did hypnosis or I, you know, saw a shaman and I did this work or that work and any number of things, or they did like a past life regression reading. And I'd be sitting there and my mind would be like, that's bullshit. I don't know. (laughs) But I couldn't deny what I saw. I'm like, how are you feeling? They're like, I feel amazing. I haven't felt this good in a decade. And I think, well, what happened? Something happened. And just, again, my curious mind, I'd go a little bit deeper into that. And then maybe I'd go see that practitioner that they'd saw, they'd seen. And I'd say, okay, work with me. And sometimes some really cool things would come up and it would open my mind in a way of something I'd never considered before. Mm. So then instead of the, the person I was before that session, judging this, thinking this, limiting my mind space around whatever concepts it was of like, oh, that wouldn't have anything to do with anything. I don't believe that. And then I'd see it with the patient and then I'd experience it myself in my own way. And then, you know, you kind of become a believer. And then over time, objectively seeing changes consistently with different issues that people would have, pretty soon the evidence is right there. And then that would help me expand my own view and that I'd see another practitioner, I'd take a course in something. And I remember years ago taking a a crystal healing seminar Mm. and I show up to this thing and, you know, I grew up in Alberta, farm kid, never worked with crystals before, (laughs) didn't didn't know what to think (laughs) about that. I always loved rocks. And, you know, I thought about going into geology when I was younger. My youngest brother's a geologist actually currently. And so we liked rocks. You know, we'd be throwing rocks, playing with rocks. Mm. As a a young boy, you're throwing rocks. It's fun. (laughs) And so maybe there's some early connection. But then suddenly you're talking about quartz or smoky quartz and black tourmaline and these other things that are pretty well known now. And it's really cool to see how many Mm. people gravitate towards like healing stones and believe in the properties and everything else. And I mean, some of that's scientifically proven now too, but early on it was not. Mm. And I thought, well, I don't know, maybe I'll sign up for this thing and I'll go do it. And I did it and I was the, there's like one other guy there and 30 women. And (laughs) I was thinking, am I in the right place or the wrong place? Depending on how you look at it, what's, what's going on? I think this is like too out there for me. But in that weekend seminar, I had a couple very profound experiences that I was not anticipating that I hadn't planned for, that if I would have knew that that was going to happen, maybe I wouldn't have went, but some things opened and some things unblocked. And I realized I had way more intuition than what I was allowing myself to believe prior. And suddenly I knew things that I didn't know how I knew. And we do some exercises with our partner of, 
um, tuning into them and tuning into something that was like in their home and like artwork. And I remember like feeling that and thinking there's no way this is right. But I was able to explain completely a painting on the wall of this person that I had never met that was at the bottom of their stairs in their house. And I could describe the painting completely. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I thought, this is total bogus. I might as well just go for it because I'm so off and I've made this up so completely that I might as well just tell them and they can laugh. And their eyes were huge looking at me and they're like, you're describing the painting in my house at the bottom of the stairs exactly. And then it was my turn to be like, what's happening right now? How is that possible? But we were in tune and we were in resonance and it started opening up things. And I thought, okay, there's more. There's so much more available that we haven't been taught and that we don't understand. Mm -hmm. I now need to know because this curious part of me, damn, I have to... I have to follow this through. What's the next course? What's the next book? And that just, yeah, it opened my mind in in ways I never anticipated. I'm grateful for that Mm because I I didn't, I I was, I guess, open enough that I would sign up for something like that, Mm. but without really a lot of expectation or not expecting anything actually. And just like, well, it might be a waste of a weekend, but whatever, let's check it out. And then these really cool things would happen and that would lead me to somewhere new. Yeah, but but you you had because you said you you didn't know you had that much intuition. But if you when you took the path of of Chinese medicine, you already had that kind of thing where you 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 b- believed in something. You were pulled regardless of mm. how it was perceived. So, so you kind of had already that 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 bond with your intuition. Yeah, the the made, feelings. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, over the years, what I found. I think everybody has a lot of intuition. Mm -hmm. We just may may not be connected with it and we doubt it and we don't trust it. And so every month that goes by, there's always opportunities every day, even that you feel an intuition or you get a knowing whether you act on it is a totally different thing entirely. And when you learn how to trust that more and more through experiences, through humblings, through learnings, Mm -hmm. where you knew something, but you didn't listen to it, and then you get the lesson of, oh, I I knew that, then you gain a new level of trust and confidence Mm -hmm. because now you know. And then there'll be another lesson or there'll be another thing that comes up that allows you to, am I going to trust this? And so now I still don't trust everything. I trust way more. (laughs) (laughs) And then I get lessons again and then I trust more. And so it's this constant cycle of growth. But when I look at the last decade or more, the level of contact that I have with my own clarity and my own intuition Mm -hmm. is light years ahead of where it used to be. It's not that I didn't get shown or see things earlier. It's that I would just brush it away with my mind because I didn't believe it. I just think that's my mind making up stuff. And, and then I would clear that away and try so hard to get the answer when really the answer was already there. And then finally having insights about that and then being able to reflect that with somebody and practice it and find places to practice and, and dial these things in, uh, then, yeah, it's a whole new opportunity of, um, you know, realizing what potential we do have. And, you know, you see a lot of people saying it now. We are far more powerful than we think we are. You know, we are so much more capable. I'm a big Gene Keys fan and the author of Gene Keys, Richard Rudd, 
often talks about, you know, unlocking our hidden gifts, unlocking our hidden potential. And it turns out it's true when you dive in and you do some deeper work and then you come up with more awareness, more intuition, more gifting, it kind of fuels you to keep going. And then suddenly you're having abilities and capacities that you never imagined. And then you can't help but <laughs> want to go further. Yeah. Because I feel like this is kind of uh, addictive. Like you, you you said a little bit, then you, you feed that curiosity or you, you take that leap of faith and you, without knowing, do the thing and then realize that you did it. I feel like it, it, you just need often like just one moment where you really trusted this intuition against all odds and it went well and then you can always come back to that moment in the, the this other yeah. moments you, you'll face it's that's really interesting how how you can build out of that one thing you just need to take one yeah. <laughs> faith and then yeah that risk you know it's yeah. hard sometimes yeah. the unknown mm -hmm. you don't know where it's going to lead but if you feel something really strongly and can trust that amazing things happen absolutely yeah. totally So have you taken a course on astrology yet or no? <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> astrology is something that's fascinating to me. Yeah. Um, not something I know a ton about. I'm learning new layers all the time. I've had astrology readings, you know, from different people. Yeah. And I love learning while I'm actually, you know, working on something in life that I, I love getting new information and it's pretty fascinating. And then, yeah, there's like this, you know, the rabbit hole or the spiral when you tap into something yeah. new and, <laughs> there's there's how the, much you can take <laughs> oh yeah it's uh the in the this whole like uh, uh spiritual realm of spiritual uh community there's, there's it's like you said it's a rabbit hole of a lot of things i've had one day um i don't know if you know well it's related to astrology but the astro cartography yeah um and i've had somebody out of just a coincidence uh making a like a reading on me on this and what i found crazy is that um I had because I'm from France and I had nothing in France and I had my sun line uh, going exactly here on Vernon on the Okanagan and and I came <laughs> here out of a co uh, total coincidence and then when she pulled out the map and I saw this and I was like okay I'm not here uh, by chance like I was pulled <laughs> here and yeah. and it's funny to have like these kind of things where then you know you you believe it or not but then uh, when you just like open to it you'll see that you you'll face little situation that it's hard to to it's hard to not believe at some point when you have so many uh, confirmations or, or yeah. situations like like you were saying um, how uh, how do you work with people because I know you 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 build also because you talked about the community of the The people that are coming to your events, but I know you you have also co-host and, and and invite um, people that are doing also uh, things with you. Yeah. Um, are they people that you created a, a relationship throughout like your career, or or are they people that you you met more uh, recently, or just from like retreat, or how do you select and 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 invite the people you work with on this? Uh, Yeah, I think more of what's happening now is trusting the intuition. Mm. And so either I'm walking in the forest or I'm meditating or I'm just sitting there thinking about things. Mm -hmm. You know, if somebody walked by and saw me, they think that guy's just blank stare <laughs> up into the wall. And But sometimes I'm processing some really deep elements then. 
and I'll, I'll get a, a purely intuitive hit to reach out to somebody or I, mm-hmm. I get a, a vision of being on stage with a particular individual and then I can feel into that. Is that something I should, you know, put into action or I guess let's see. So I'll, I'll get the vision and then I'll, I'll start connecting. Yeah, and uh, that's how different pieces showed up with the last event we did. And, um, you know, the different people that were part of the event and on stage, it was sometimes just things showing up while I was like sitting there making dinner and I'd have this idea, you know, mm-hmm. this thought drop in, oh, I should connect with this person. And then for me, just questioning, why is that dropping in right now? But I've learned to be able to set the mind aside most of the time and just trust that that dropped in for a reason. I feel like I should follow that up. Why not? Let's inquire and just see. It may not Mm -hmm. go anywhere, but it might. And in each of those circumstances, what I felt and then reaching out and following, you know, sending a message to this person or that person, then suddenly we're having coffee or we're on a phone call or mm-hmm. something and there's a whole bunch of resonance there and then it aligns and they're like, yeah, I'd love to come to your event or I'd love coming mm-hmm. um, coming to speak at your event. And so as that evolves for me further and planning the next event, which I'm doing right now, I'm doing the same thing and just kind of putting that question out there, who needs to be at this event? Who needs to be in collaboration with me or, or creating this? Who could support me? Who might help or have an insight? Maybe there's something, you know, somebody I met or maybe I've heard them online or I've met them in person and they might come to mind and I think, oh, they might have medicine for this group. They might have something to share that's going to be really impactful and meaningful. And maybe I don't even know them very well or it's even sometimes I haven't ever met them before but I'll see their face just in meditation or contemplation. And now I just trust. Hmm. Let's follow that up and see. And maybe it doesn't turn into anything, but it always sort of turns into the thing that it's meant to be, you know? And if I'm more open to surrendering whatever the vision or the expectation is, then then it like shows up in a maybe even a more beautiful way than what I imagined. And it it is kind of cool to feel it sense it and then take action on it and have it actually happen. Mm-hmm. And then I am on stage with that person there. We are delivering the, the event. And then afterwards looking back of, Oh, I remember where I was when I, I felt that nudge to send a message to that person. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of a fun discovery because I don't know who's going to be there yet, mm-hmm. you know, and I have these different pieces I'm working on right now that feel really good and I've made some connections. So yeah, sometimes it's brand new people to me. Sometimes it's people I do know really well, mm-hmm. maybe a mix of both, but I, I find whether it's God or the universe, you can use whatever terminology you want. Like people get presented to us, mm-hmm. especially when we're working on our path and we're open to listening and we're, we're, you know, riding a little bit more awareness maybe, then you'll notice the things happening around Mm -hmm. you and then Mm -hmm. you'll feel that direction. And, you know, if you take a step in that direction, the next step shows up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's very interesting. Like it sounds like you almost like create the environment and just let happen through you who is supposed to be there. Like, like how you say with, but this, this magic that is happening. (laughs) That's, that's a, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, because, yeah, I would have imagined, um, even though you might do this all as well, but imagine just select, select a person that's going to cover exactly one part of, of something and then, but more in a, 
in a logical way. And yeah. it's interesting to see that you let it happen more intuitively. Well, and I do find it's a mix of both. And I do this yeah. in my work where I'm using my intellect, but I'm using my intuition. And as time goes by, I would say I'm leaning even more into the intuition. Mm -hmm. And then I let the intellectual part of my mind help uh, bring things into being and bring things into form, like the practical pieces of you got to call that person and set up a meeting. Yeah. And maybe it's not just enough to like feel the vision, but then not do anything with it. And so there's, yeah, there's this beautiful balance of kind of like going back and forth between the reality of like practical solutions and making things happen and, and uh, making decisions and then listening at the uh, intuitive level for what is the next piece that wants to, to show up and mm -hmm. finding a way to blend those together. And that's always evolving and changing for me, but uh, I love building events and, and pulling in the right ingredients mm -hmm. of an experience or a process, or I'll, I'll get ideas of something that I meant to, you know, share with the group. And then as I get closer to the event, more information shows up around that or a new you know piece that I hadn't quite seen that shows up. And by the time I'm standing on stage or with a group of people, it all just is ready to, to mm -hmm. move and it's ready to be spoken to. And if I've prepared and I've done my work ahead of time and I spent a lot of time preparing before events and making sure I'm in the right headspace and the right heart space that by the time I am there, I'm ready. And I'm ready to deliver whatever's wanting to come through. And I've done the work of putting all the pieces in place. And then, you know, from there, you're just surrendering and, and trusting it's all going to unfold exactly how it's meant to. And then I get to almost just watch that organically happen mm. right before my eyes. And, mm. um, yeah, it's quite something. doesn't always go exactly how you want it. <laughs> some things yeah. do, and yeah. some things are even greater. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's it feels like you're it, it sounds a little bit like working within the the feminine and masculine energy how you, you you blend that i mean that's how it sounds to me when you talk about the logical and the intuitive um yeah that's 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 cool so wh why did you choose uh, the the name uh, new human how does did that is it because the the main goal is a transformation or something else I think there's a, a few layers there. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> as I mentioned earlier, I'm a, yeah. a big fan of the Gene Keys and mm. Richard's writings of where we're going as humanity. Mm. And that uh, we're in a, a huge transformational time for the collective. Mm. Everybody everywhere is, you know, connected into this in some way. It's always going to look different for the individual of how their lives are changing. But I've seen this with patients over the years that, Um, so many things can shift when somebody becomes willing and, you know, maybe has the courage to dive into something deeper within themselves, then yeah, they get more gifts, they get more intuition, they change relationships or their relationships get better and they get healthier. Mm -hmm. And so it's always kind of been that, uh, that motivation of creating more health and vitality for as many people as I can. And in feeling into the event itself of what I wanted to create, which is impact, transformation, you know, create a life-changing experience for people and really being able to um, focus on meeting people with where they're at, that even the name new human also means like after the event, you are new, you're a new version of yourself and trying to cultivate like the greatest version of yourself. And if we're always evolving, which I believe we are, mm -hmm. if you're doing that in a really focused and intentional and empowered way, you get to create yourself in a new way. And you can step back into your life after an event like that as a new version 
and then you're going to experience new opportunities and you know maybe new um, offers come landing in whether it's you know financially or relationally or on any of those levels that you get to be the author of your life um, the other part to that is that um, I believe where we're going as humanity is connecting with each other in a healthier way in a more authentic way at the heart level mm-hmm. where we get to feel each other we're not judging each other so much we allow each other to just be who they are and that we can honor and respect that 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 to me is really powerful and really beautiful and it, it feels like a, a higher level than what we've experienced before mm-hmm. and <laughs> um, you know basically when we're experiencing life moving through us in a really open way Just, yeah sorry things are going to be a little bit more um, effortless mm. and maybe the things that we've struggled with maybe we don't have to suffer and struggle as much and or when challenges come up that we have the capacity to meet that you know we have the capacity and we've gained skills and you know tools and resources to be actually to to make it even smoother than we imagined and so when I was imagining this event and really feeling, I think, you know, where we are as humanity and where we could go, I really wanted to bring in the things that we think are possible in the future into now, mm-hmm. that we don't have to wait to create better relationships or mm-hmm. to speak to each other more kindly and more open-heartedly. What if we just started doing that now? Yeah. And what if we worked on ourselves enough where we could clear out so much of the baggage and the old bullshit and programming that we are coming more into our purity and into the the full authenticity of who we actually are. And at that base level of, you know, magical flow daily where synchronicities are normal, where people say nice things to each other and they mean it because they're actually in the present moment. They're not distracted with a million things. Mm. What could we experience in our lives and in our bodies from a place like that and stop putting it off into the future? You know, when you get a better job or when you make more money or anything like that, what if we could experience all these things now in our physical bodies and in the groundedness of, of being here and being real? Because some of the, the spiritual elements, it's easy to kind of get so far out there Mm. And we forget that we're still in a body here and we're here to live and interact in like the earth, Mm -hmm. but that we can transform that. So I think there's a huge change. There's this big wave moving through all of us and wanting to be on top of the wave instead of underneath it. It requires maybe some work and some effort to cultivate that capacity so that you sense more, you feel more, and you can hold space for other people that are struggling or having a hard time. And maybe you can offer higher levels of support. So in, in feeling sort of the, the future, I started feeling, um, let's bring this into form present moment. And I'm going to go into my life and interact in ways the best I can and, you know, still be open to growth and learning. Mm-hmm. And really the name, it just, it showed up because it didn't have a name. And I've named kind of each event that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I thought maybe I'll use a, a name from before. Mm-hmm. And as I was sitting with that, it, that didn't feel right. And so I was like, well, I'm going to have to name this event at some point. And as all the pieces started dropping in of more the vision of uh, the experience I wanted to create and the transformation and the impact that I wanted to create in the world and for everybody there, the name just sort of dropped in one day. And mm-hmm. to be honest, I didn't really like it <laughs> as much. I'm like, ah, I don't know if that should be the name. Yeah. 
And then as I sat with it a little bit more and it seems, you know, pretty insistent that this needed to be the name, mm-hmm. you know, for all those reasons that let's embody changes now, you know, let's bring the future into the present moment now. And, uh, if we can interact in a more beautiful way with each other, why wait for that? And, uh, so yeah, the name showed up and here we are doing another one and I'm, mm. I'm sticking with it for now and it's sticking with me. And mm. I have heard this on other podcasts and other platforms where people are starting to use that language when they talk about the future human, mm. the new human. And so I'm not the only one tapping into this wavelength. And uh, mm. I think there's a poll for the people that want to come. They feel it too. Mm. Let's like, let's bring this change forward in a, a really beautiful way and have some fun while we're doing it, we don't have to be so serious all the time and, you know, bring these bridges together where there's like the grounded reality of uh, being human and then the expansion of what's possible to really elevate our, our experience here on the planet. Nice. Oh, that was really good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Really, really like that. Um, Yeah. That's really cool. I like the, I was going to ask something, to finish but you, you kind of like answered it kind of I, I guess it was what does it mean to you um to be human and i feel like i really don't want to talk um for you but i feel like the, the 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 way you're turning this thing into you have this vision of where humanity should go and you're like let's not lose time or how can we get there or facilitate for people the 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 way of getting there so i feel like you you Mm. have this this thing that you maybe for you it means to be the the facilitator of of evolution of growth in the direction that you think is the most beneficial yeah Uh, i would say that um there's many people right now that are feeling similar Mm. and for whatever reason, I can't even say, you know, these are my ideas because I don't always know where ideas come from. Mm. I'm curious about that too, of why do I feel this way? Mm. Why put on events like this and why is it called the new human and how did this find me? Mm. And I think part of it is I've been doing a lot of um, self discovery and, um, inner work for many years and uh, really just wanting to help patients and be of service. And so when I keep revisiting that, the question I often ask myself is how can I be of the highest level of service here, you know, and here on the planet? And to me, that's part of what being human is, is really being present here and finding the blend of the, the like being in the body and doing normal daily experiences, playing football, going for mountain bikes, going for hikes, sitting in a cold river, having amazing heart level experiences, connecting with people. To me, that's like the, the fabric and the richness of life is our, our experiences, interactions with others here. Mm -hmm. And even just, you know, sitting on a rock and seeing the tree roots go down into the water and, and seeing the, you know, the, the leaves on the trees, that I think we're here to experience all of that beauty and then feel that in our bodies. Mm -hmm. And when I think of, you know, the planet itself is made up of literal stardust from the galaxy Mm -hmm. and the rocks and the minerals and everything else. And our bodies are full of rocks and minerals really at the end of the day. But we have 
this spirits and this light that animates that somehow, mm-hmm. you know, and in Chinese medicine, they talk about like chi as mm-hmm. a, a vital life force that you have life when there's an accumulation of chi. When enough energy comes together, then there's life. And when that disperses, it goes back to the universe, then maybe that life ceases, but that energy never disappears. Mm. So in my accumulation of energy that's formed this body and this spirit here, I want to experience everything that I can at the, the deepest level. And that enriching experience of being human with all of the pain, I don't want to feel pain. But my experience with pain and suffering and challenges really changed over the years that the capacity that I have to hold that now also equals the capacity that I have to love more. Mm. And as I go into those areas more and I can hold more capacity then my ability to be a frequency of, of love and care and support, it increases further. And so if I'm walking around in society at that frequency and vibration, then they, sh- they should have, uh, you know, people can have spontaneous healings with that. And they may never know, and maybe I never know, but I'm, I'm okay with that. But the possibility of that is intriguing enough that I'm going to keep walking this path and um, allowing myself to be imperfect, allowing, you know, mistakes, learnings, you know, these things that um, can be challenging and not getting it right. And then as the experiences come up where we do kind of hit that stride and we do hit that flow and the heart opens a little bit more, then that's a contribution to the planet. And maybe the people around us, they experience that too. And suddenly there's a, a big wave moving for all of us that can make this place a little better. <laughs> yeah. One last thing maybe, or when uh, is your uh, next event and, and, how people can can uh, see about you and, and reach out to you? Yeah, so website is probably the best yeah. way, um, drkevinpreston.com. And I'm on Instagram as well, same handle, Dr. Kevin Preston. We got all our info there and be able to find it. December 16th in Enderby, BC. It's the same place we held the last one at the Splatseen Community Center powerful powerful first nations building mm. and we've been in collaboration with uh members there of that community and it has been so potent and healing and connective and uh yeah we can't wait to produce some more uh good content but also deep experiences for you know people finding their pathway and uh so it's a one day event this time and um yeah we're gonna kind of start early afternoon go into the evening harness the power of uh, winter. It's close to winter solstice mm. and just like slow down, go really deep, kind of more of the yin, like the darkness time of the year, mm. be a lot of, you know, candlelight and ability to go deep within. Nice. And I, I find the deeper we can go inside, then when we bring that back to the world on the outside in a really healthy way, then that's super powerful. So yeah, just building all the elements for that right now. And mm. um, yeah, if anybody feels the pull, we'll be able to meet you where you're at. And uh, regardless of kind of where you're maybe feeling stuck or you're just ready for that next level and you're already doing really well, I trust uh, the people that are there are willing to work with their their own material. They're willing to go deep. They're willing to have authentic heart-level conversations, and they're ready for something more. So, yeah, it's going to be nice. good. Cool. 
Do you feel good? I feel good. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for yeah. having the conversation. <laughs> for sure. Thanks for taking the time. Happy hanging out with you, man. That's yeah. been great. Thank you very much. Uh, that's a wrap. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs>